Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again, and we have a fun episode in store for all of y'all today. Um, we, of course, are welcoming back uh one of our friends here on the show one of our favorite guests uh miss Poyo del mar um she is coming back onto the show to talk about uh her first promotional foray uh in a in a while at this point uh the pride of the desert tournament down in palm springs during palm springs pride on november 4th it's a 12 person tournament that is going to be going down there uh, in an area where there isn't a lot of pro wrestling happening and it's a whole bunch of lgbtq talent coming together to vie for the prize of being called the pride of the desert for a year um it's a really exciting opportunity for Poyo, and we delve deep into you know the reasons why she wanted to get back into the promotion uh, field um, after building her name uh, in various promotions across the country um, over the last few years, um, as well as a, a lot of the the machinations of how this came together um, and and just the general feeling that she's having heading into this as we're only about two weeks away from from this show happening. So really fun conversation as always with Poyo here on the show. Uh, and I can't wait for all of y'all to hear that uh, before we get there. Uh, I just have to reflect a little bit because I'm back home in Portland after my Bay Area excursion um, that I touched on a little bit last week uh, alongside a whole bunch of other stuff uh, in regards to what happened at AEW Wrestle Dream back at the beginning of the month. Um, and I think the first thing I want to say is like uh, the Bay Area that week that I had down there was was amazing and I got to see a whole lot of awesome wrestling between you know hood slam and oasis pro and full queer um and i just wanted to, to thank everyone that i interacted with down there that gives a really fun experience it was a really just nice little respite from from the regular day-to-day -day and being able to be around you know people i was friendly with and people that i felt super super comfortable with in a, in a wrestling setting and this sort of thing and, and honestly it was really cool to see one to finally experience it slam live in person um and two to see full queer you know running at a at a queer festival the barrison street fair down there and just see how well it just fit in with everything there and how much the community that had come out for that fair to really embrace what was going on with, with full queer there. Um, I don't know. It was just very rewarding. And I just wanted to offer thanks to everybody that I interacted with down in the Bay um, for, for having me. It definitely won't be the last time that I make it down there. There's too much good wrestling going on in the Bay right now for me not to come down and visit again. Like I'm kind of bummed that I'm missing Ugwa's uh, devil's night event here coming up pretty soon <laughs> so i have to make it to an ugly show at some point for sure um and to that same end i want to say thank you to you know the people that reached out after last week's podcast too because you know you know i wrote a piece about that to go along with the podcast and you know i mentioned on twitter that it was a very emotionally strenuous thing to do and i 
there's no other way to describe that, honestly. Like it, it, it was because you know you're taking a risk. One because like I don't. I always have this weird feeling of like writing about myself and my own experiences at times, especially when it relates to my job. Um, can come across very navel gazily, um, or you know, can reek of this this language and this stance of privilege, considering that you know, the, I get paid to cover these events that other people pay to go to and that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and I'm glad that that really didn't factor into a lot of the response to either the podcast or the article that, that went up and the, and there were a lot of kind words that were, um, shared with me and directed towards me about my experience. And I just want to thank everybody that, you know, offered those, those kind words because they, they did not go unnoticed. Trust me. Um, there's a lot that I wrote about in there that, you know, I feel very, um, I can be very stubborn at times and I can be very emotional um, and very, um, I don't know the right word for it, honestly, but like I can like very um, animated in my responses at times. Right. And, and I do feel very, very strongly and very, very stubbornly that, you know, I'm not changing anything for anybody. You know, that's, that's not going to change. Um, but at the same time, there are other emotions that I feel around that stuff. Whenever it does happen, I can, I can feel that stuff, that, that very flag in the ground stance of, you know, being who I am and representing who I am outwardly in these settings um, that aren't traditionally like met with people like me and that sort of thing. Right. And at the same time, I could also feel distraught and upset, you know, um, about it. And those are hard emotional roads to navigate at times. Um I still feel some lingering emotional effects from that whole thing. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to get all of that out because it definitely helped a lot in terms of excising a lot of that stuff and just moving past it in a way, instead of letting it stew within me, because that's another tendency that I have is to just, just let things stew within me <laughs> instead of letting them out and letting them, you know, dissipate over time. Uh, so thank you for, for, a, listening and allowing me that that place to to let those things out and thank you for the uh the very warm responses to that as well you know it's amazing to think that we're entering year number five of this show and that's the kind of relationship that has been cultivated with the audience of this show is that you know i can pull back the curtain and be very raw with myself at times on, on this show and that it is something that is appreciated and not wholeheartedly criticized because I don't do it that often, <laughs> honestly. Um, and, and I'm glad that, you know, through this process or other times where I've, where I've done that and you talked about mental health and, and burnout and all that f fun stuff that, um, that we built this thing with LGBT in the ring that can be very honest and we have an audience that appreciates that honesty. I don't know. I think it's just an extension of, you know, being part of the queer community 
and having this heightened sense of of being able to share ourselves more genuinely than than other um than other people maybe at times so i don't know i i say all that to say i appreciate the kind words um and we're going to jump into my conversation with Poyo here in just a second, but I just want to take another second to highlight big wrestling weekend coming up, obviously bound for glory with impact wrestling is going to be a very fun show. Um, but another key thing about this weekend, at least for myself is we're starting to gather more and more, uh, information and more stuff to get ready for QWI season because QWI 200 is coming up in December obviously, as well as the uh, the QWI awards ballots are getting put together at the moment, the, the nomination ballots first. So hopefully those will be in a good place coming out of this weekend to start getting the ball rolling downhill on those. So keep an eye out on for those things coming up in the next couple of months, uh, some beforehand, before others. So, <laughs> yeah, it's really... It's always the the best part of the year. It's 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 fun, but it's also daunting as always. I say that every year, and I'm going to keep saying it because it always is, you know. Especially when you have more than 500 people to evaluate for a list. So we're gonna jump right into that. For myself, at least, all of us collectively are gonna jump into my conversation with Poyle Del Mar right now here on LGBT in the Ring. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. We're just going to take a quick break here to let you know uh, ways that you can support the show. And say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com slash LGBT Ring Pod. Multiple tiers there. For everyone that feels so moved to support this show, we've got numerous uh, patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on monthly, a uh, roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out. Uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Every single dollar that is uh pledge there to support the show is very very humbling and we thank you we also have a, a merch store over on brainbuster tees go to brainbustertees.com and search lgbt in the ring uh you got t-shirts tank tops all kinds of good stuff and you know always looking at some new things as well but uh, definitely check us out on brainbuster tees there as well you can follow the show on social media as well we're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT RingPod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever. We're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV 
for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBT ring pod or visit uh, the URL tinyurl.com slash IWTV LGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Games Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I'm very pleased to have as my guest this week a returning friend of the show, the two-time QWI Personality of the Year winner, the manager of champions. You know her from NWA, from GCW, from UGWA, from countless other promotions. But what you may not know is that she did at one point promote for wrestling shows uh, of her own. And now she's just jumping back into that world with November 4th Pride of the Desert Tournament, an LGBTQ plus pro wrestling show in co in cooperation with Palm Springs Pride down there. Please welcome back Poyo Del Mar. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Brian. And I am distraught that you left off about five other awards <laughs> that I won. <laughs> I've got the Flowers Award. You did. I've got the Look of the Year, I believe. Yes. Journalist of the Year. <laughs> You're right. I th- Honestly, there's a lot there that I, if I had gone on, we would have been five minutes before I even introduced you. And I don't want to keep the fans waiting. <laughs> well, I, I'm very glad. I'm so excited to be back specifically to talk about the Pride of the Desert because you mentioned that I've I've worked in promoting events in the past, but that was always in conjunction with something else. You know, my localized work here in San Francisco putting on shows was in conjunction with Wrestling for Charity, which is a small um, nonprofit group that puts on wrestling shows in the Bay Area and beyond. But this is my first time ever stepping into the arena of being a promoter entirely on my own with the pencil entirely in my hand, getting to put together a, you know, a team of people, a lineup that is so to my liking and it's very very exciting to get to bring this to oscars palm springs during the course of palm springs pride weekend november 4th which is a saturday i'm hoping all of our friends in southern california can join us likewise likewise and, and it is very apt that, that you bring up like your your past promotion work because i feel like that's a good place to start with this because obviously like you you promoted the the shows with wrestling for charity back before this big boom for you in the pro wrestling world now and you know you've worked with so many other promotions over the course of that time what kind of 
push you to make the decision to go back into promoting your own shows like solo like this? Well, there were a few things, of course, I think that factored into this one, um, probably six months ago before, right before this opportunity presented itself in Palm Springs, I, I believe in kismet or things that just sort of happen serendipitously. And I'd had in a conversation with Gabe Sapolsky, who I think a lot of the, your listeners probably have joined in at one time or another to his Twitter spaces when they were still Twitter and before um, they were monetized. So you can't really talk in them unless you've got a paid subscription or something. And those were such great sounding boards. But Gabe Sapolsky and I became friends through those. And he reached out to me at some point and he said, you know, I think that you're so talented in terms of being a personality in terms of what you present on camera. But having gotten to know you over the last year, Poyo, I feel so strongly that your real intelligence comes from the way you see the world of wrestling in an artistic, creative manner. And I really believe that in the future, you having the opportunity to tell stories that you come up with through the world of professional wrestling is going to be where your, your bread and butter is going to be. I think that's where you can be so impactful and where you ideally will have the opportunity to shape other people's careers by seeing things and presenting them in ways that they might have not seen for themselves or presented themselves. And what he means by that is getting to tell stories as a booker and an agent for professional wrestling and, and seeing people and talents and putting people together to tell their stories in the ring, or maybe even getting to tell stories in a more prolonged sense. If I were to ever work for a promotion where I would get to script out what we do. And he had no more than said that. And I'm not even kidding you. Like 24 hours later, my friends at Oscars in Palm Springs, uh, where I had been last year, about a, a little over a year ago, doing an event with the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, the original Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, reached out to me and said, hey, do you remember that conversation we had about possibly bringing pro wrestling to, to Oscars? And it was mind-blowing how that happened. Like, you know, it's great that somebody thinks that I have the capacity to tell creative or interesting or unique and special stories in the world of wrestling. We all know that ability does not dictate opportunity, you know? Yes. And so for somebody to quite literally come to me and present that opportunity so soon after somebody I respect in the business kind of told me or reinforced for me, no, like this is some a talent you have and I hope you get the opportunity to utilize it. That was serendipitous. Um, but I have worked, and it's no secret to any of your listeners, for well over the better part of three years now with Effie and getting to see Effie do this and put his name on an event that he makes uniquely his own um, and use the success that he has had in the world of wrestling to help give shine to many of us who do not have the opportunities that he's had. That has been so inspiring to get to see Dark Sheik promote Hood Slam and do what she's doing there. To, to see Marco Mayor, you know, getting to do some of what he's doing with Full Queer and making that special in his own. Those are all things that certainly have inspired me. And, and those are only like a thumbnail of people. Things like, you know, um, like what, what I got to come up to do with you in the Pacific Northwest mm -hmm. you know, to, to come 
to all of these special pride events uh, around the world that are focused on our community and our love, shared love and passion and talent in the world of wrestling. Those are all things that really inspired me. But what's inspired the event specifically is I wanted to do something that we haven't done before. I wanted us to have an opportunity to have a tournament where we can put competitors the best of, in a lot of cases, this is the best of the West Coast and then beyond because I am pulling in people from beyond. But I wanted the opportunity for my friends, for the people that I work with on a regular basis that I respect and admire. I wanted them to shine and maybe one of them to emerge victorious as the pride of the desert 2023. And ideally we will find out on March or November 4th, rather, who is going to be the pride of the desert. But more importantly, I'm already thinking about, you know, if this goes very well, there will be a pride of the desert 2024 and mm. 2025. And these are things that we don't have. You know, I know how important it was to me to be able to brag to everyone who will listen <laughs> that I'm the QWI award-winning pro wrestling personality of the year, two years in a row as voted by readers about sports and listeners to this podcast. That was something that I hung my hat on and continued to do so. And I think that for one of these talents, 12 talents who are going to be coming to Palm Springs on November 4th, being the pride of the desert could be that platform that gives them a chance to spring off to the next level in their career i mean that's always the hope right like you provide these, these platforms for people to continue to make their name and ply their craft and get their name out there to other places as well you know and i think that's one of the key things that we've seen in, in this rise of lgbtq led or lgbtq specific events really over the last few years is like a lot of those people being like rising up above just being focused on community on like community focused shows to rise to new levels in in the ways that they have um and another thing that i really like about this and also a larger trend that we're seeing now is you know you mentioned companies like full queer like hood slam um you know and and we're seeing so much more of this sort of events focused on our community popping up on the west coast now whenever like whenever i was starting to cover like this rise in the indie world like a lot of it was east coast focused you know like pro wrestling vibe ran on the east coast the big gay brunch it came out to la for mania weekend but that really is dictated on where gcw is running or even where wwe is popping up or where these other major companies uh, but are it's not up. dictated by any of those other than where wrestlemania is going to be yes exactly and, <laughs> and predominantly where is it all in or all out, all out. Gonna be? yeah so you know we've been that's why we go back to chicago because that's the home base of all out and i've had the the distinct pleasure of following wwe wrestlemania with effie's big a brunch and game changer wrestling around the country i my i joined them for tampa and then it was chicago and then dallas and then chicago and then la and then chicago mm -hmm. and i pray that i never effie if you're listening to this <laughs> i pray i am never replaced as one of the absolute pillars of that of that event because it's it is by far for us as the queer community it is the wrestlemania weekend um and that is something that's super special. But 
one of the things that I've noticed having been with all of those events and having worked for the many of the promotions that we've talked about of having been, uh, you know, honored to be part of a Paris's bumping, um, a part of, you know, Hood Slam, part of Full Queer, is that these are ongoing things. And I think that one of the, the, the challenges sometimes that we face is making those events they always matter because our fans matter. Our audiences matter to us. And we want to put on the best show we possibly can. But when I say make them matter, it's hard to take a standalone event and make it um, feel like the outcomes of that event are going to really mean something in the long run. Mm -hmm. And with a tournament of this nature, not unlike what Billy Dixon did with the Cassandra Cup, you know, somebody is going to, you know, 12 people who have no other affiliation perhaps then this one night event are going to walk into November 4th in Palm Springs at Oscars. And one of them is going to win a tournament. And that is the motivation. Walking out is the best, the best of the West, if you will. In many cases, this is the pride of the desert. Are you going to be, you know, the crown jewel at the pride of the desert tournament? Mm. Well, I mean, they don't have any deserts on the East coast. So (laughs) exactly. Um, You know, I, I love it. And, Palm Springs does not have a tremendous amount of wrestling that's presented there. So I don't have to worry about competing with 20 other promotions that happen to be running there. We're doing it during pride weekend where we offer those who choose to go to Palm Springs pride and enjoy all of the wonderful options for celebration and, you know, reverence that we would see at any pride event for whether that's drag brunches to, tea dances to main stage acts at Palm Springs Pride. We get to be something completely special and unique. And hopefully it will be encouraging to people who may not be outright pro wrestling fans. I'm not putting this event together for specifically hardcore wrestling fans, because I know that this is going to be a theatrical spectacle to many people. And maybe what uh, we'll get to do is introduce pro wrestling to people and they'll come out of curiosity and they will leave thinking to themselves, man, uh, have I been a, an, like a DL pro wrestling fan my whole, this whole time, <laughs> uh, you know, have I been a fan of pro wrestling and not even known it? It's possible. It's very possible. And I think that, you know, more so the shows that are being put on by people who have historically been marginalized within the pro wrestling world are the shows that are like providing, you know, matches and, and, you know, content for lack of a better term that is more open to, to people being like exposed to it and, and taking it in and seeing what wrestling can be, you know, and not, it's not just, you know, the, like the, the tired, like stereotypes that, that a lot of people still hold for it in that way. And and that's one of the things I've also really loved about a lot of these shows too, you know, is that they all present themselves in different ways and people present themselves in different fashions. You can have everything from technical mastery between dark, she can eat the surreal at the first big gay brunch down to Paro versus baby Bob at the, at the latest big gay brunch. Like it's just wild. <laughs> And that is one of the things that I think is so exciting for me. I get to look at, I'm having the opportunity now to look at a lot of wrestlers and find different styles that we want to present. I will say that I, my, we've already announced almost every single person who's going to be on this show via my Twitter and, and tagging the talent. But 
this is a show where I don't think we're going to see quite the spectrum of of wrestling styles that I had hoped for. There were a lot of things, people that I had reached out to. And, and by the way, I do not want anyone to perceive that the, those who are on the show are second choices. Initially, this worked out to my adva advantage. It was a frustration, but it turned out to my advantage because initially I was working with a roster of about 20 people that I was yes. trying to figure out how to make fit into a two, two and a half hour show. That is a challenge that no booker really wants, especially when it's going to be in a tournament type of setting. And so a lot of the people that I was considering to kind of diversify our talent roster, as well as the wrestling styles for various reasons were not available. So it pared us down to an incredible, incredible crop of individuals who we're going to be seeing them compete. It's going to be four first round matches. They're all going to be triple threats. Mm -hmm. And then it will go into a final four-way elimination style match to determine the winner. And you are the first person, this podcast is the first person and first place that we've just dis discussed the structure of this match. So four awesome triple threats. Each of those is going to determine a winner. Those individuals will go into a four-way and in the four-way, people will be able to be eliminated by pinfall, submission, or being tossed over the top rope. Oh, okay. And then the final two will have to end in pinfall or submission. That's what it's going to come down to. And one of those 12 individuals is going to be the pride of the desert. And I'm really excited uh, about the kind of diversity of talents we have, the diversity of gender identities that we have the diversity of ethnicities that we have. And those are all things that are important because I want as many people as humanly possible to come and out of 12 people, at least find one, one that they can identify with in some capacity. No, and I think that looking at the variety of people that you have announced so far, like it definitely speaks to it. And there are some names that I'm very excited are on this card already. Obviously, people like Richie Coy, The Shade, um, you know, Barbie Boy, Abigail Warren. Those are people that are very, you know, close to my own heart in terms of seeing their success grow. Obviously, Llama Jack and having your one of your uh one of your wards, Fab Fabuloso Fabricio, on the card as well is, is really cool to see. Um, Beast the Butcher, another name out of the Vegas area that I feel like doesn't get enough eyes on, on him as well. But one that really stood out to me and that I was very, very happy to see above all else so far is Gypsy Mac. Because I feel like Gypsy Mac gets lost in the shuffle sometimes of the LGBTQ pro wrestling community because, like, you know, she – has, she's not always as out and open about that about herself and that sort of thing but and i know she's been on like the pride style shows in vegas you know run by millhouse but to see her kind of get more of a stage on these kind of shows is really awesome to see like what went into the thought process of well i guess you already kind of explained that but like what about these talents kind of made them stand out to you as people that you wanted to have featured on the show there, there are so many things. First of all, every single one of these individuals is wildly talented in the ring. And that comes above all else. You know, I want them to be able to put on solid sound wrestling matches because there will be wrestling fans in the audience. But most importantly to me was that I want to be able to showcase 
when I have the opportunity, people who are not per se getting these huge opportunities like a big gay brunch. And there were so many people that I've worked with at big gay brunch that are ridiculously talented and super high profile. And I wanted to, to bring some of those individuals in perhaps, but number one, most of the people that do some of the, the higher profile stuff are really challenging to get in because they're working everywhere. And so that is one factor, but I specifically realized that this is a first time opportunity for all of us. And something that I've done remarkably well, I think throughout my career is help shine spotlights on people who are not getting the attention at those upper more levels. And if one day in the desert sun can introduce a group of really talented competitors to new audience members, I think that's going to be a big win for me as a, from a promoter perspective, as a, as a person in the business who has definitely benefited by my higher profile friends and people that I look up to in this business, giving me that platform. You know, if it was not for Effie taking a chance on me when he did for Big Gay Brunch, there's countless opportunities that would have never presented themselves. If it weren't for my friend Mickey James giving me a, a tremendous opportunity at NWA Empowered a couple of years ago, I would have been an entire sector of my career, which has been a dream come true, would have never come to fruition. And so for me, one of the things I always think about is that we are a community. And yes, I'm looking to amplify my opportunities, but when my voice grows or my presence grows, it gives me a chance to shine a little bit of that spotlight on the people around me who are looking for opportunities, who deserve those opportunities. And everyone on this show tends to be people that I've worked with in the past and left those interactions thinking, God, this was a really great person. And I really wish more people knew about them. I've been blessed, Brian. I really have. This, this opportunity dropped in my lap. It's something that I'm super excited about, but I'm just as excited about um, seeing all of us rise up together. I, I'm the person who does strongly feel that, um, that the success of everybody involved, that team effort and seeing everybody go to the next level that that's really important to me. No. And, and I think that importance kind of transfers onto like the LGBTQ pro wrestling community as a whole, you know, because like you said, like the big gay brunch, the Cassandro cup, the, the Paris is bumpings, like all of these, even down at Cascadia that, that we did up in, in Washington, like all of those shows are designed to like help build people up in that way you know and that's been a focus for a lot of the people that are in the promotional space that are part of the community and and you know any community not everybody's going to get along with everybody that sort of thing but like we're all kind of grouped together in this idea of continuing to to build this up and promote itself to see those numbers grow and to see those different identities present in pro wrestling grow and to see like the growth of our storytelling abilities in this world grow you know like i don't know if um if you had asked me like five ten years ago like an event like this could 
would be happening right now. Like, I don't know if I would be able to give you an 100% definitive yes, you know, because like at that point, like I would have told you no. Yeah, I I would not have thought that this would happen. Yeah. Uh, You know, seven, eight years ago, I was working for wrestling for charity and in a unique way, started to foster the realization locally, at least. I mean, I, I don't want to ever diminish what Dark Sheik has done because that is the most inclusive, most over the top, anything goes environment, you know, and it is the, she calls it the accidental phenomenon. And it's, it's so accurate. It's an entity unto itself. But when I'm talking about the concept or idea of, a show that's only LGBTQ focused or the the impact that having and specifically targeting LGBTQ fans to be part of the audience can have. Uh, you know, it's been told more than once here on this podcast, Marco Mayor, who is one half of Money, Power, Respect, um, came to those shows that I was doing as a fan, as a spectator, and felt inspired to enter the world of professional wrestling. And now he is continuing that by doing full queer and it's, you know, giving other opportunities to people and inspiration. And that is one of the things that I think I have done well here is that when I was doing those small shows and they were tiny compared, especially compared to anything Hood Slam would be doing or Big Gate Brunch <laughs> or whatever. But when you are able to put 50% of your audience as LGBTQ, at an event that is not specifically geared towards LGBTQ, that starts to make people stand up and take notice. You know, like, hmm, you know, these these individuals, this community of people who have traditionally not been part of this environment are very marketable. And they they have a following and a fan base that will come and check this out. Um, and, and that's what I'm, again, like somebody, Butch Hoff at WC, WFC took a chance on me when I didn't have any real applicable experience in the world of professional wrestling at that time. And because of the opportunity that was given to me, my career is where it is now. And I hope that in five years from now, it'll be someplace different, but it's going to be onward and upward. And that's what I'm hopeful for is that through these experiences, this specific experience from a talent perspective, I hope that Maybe somebody somewhere sees one or more of these kids, and most of them, in my opinion, are kids. And by my age bracket, are they're definitely kids. They're going to see how talented these kids are, and they're going to want to give them opportunities too. So that those are all the things you know. I'm we're talking a lot about this sort of from the the insider perspective of the talent and the things I want to do for for the talent. But I think that the flip side is also true for audiences because i am optimistic that by introducing potential new fans to a product like this they're going to see themselves in wrestling in this environment and maybe fall in love with wrestling as a whole and then be able to take that love and passion outside of an environment where we will not get to see ourselves quite as often and but too frequently when we are told that we're not allowed to like something or we're not welcome or we are unwanted, quite literally beyond not not welcome, you're not wanted, that deters people from even wanting to invest. So hopefully there's going to be people at this that see see this and and be like, wow, like I maybe I, you know, like I said, I was joking, but 
this is something I really like and maybe I want to explore it more at a larger sense. And then they could go on to find other shows that where these talent are working and they will know that because they're this, these talents are there that those promotions obviously care enough to present some of the people that they will be able to identify with and therefore they're welcome. No, it's very true, especially considering like the boom in independent pro wrestling that we're seeing in California right now, obviously all the companies running in the Bay area, you know, companies running in in the la area down closer to palm springs what a drag is running out in fresno on a somewhat regular basis you know like it's just a really awesome thing to see like this reinvigoration over the last like five or so years of of the the scene there in california and having so many different options not to mention you know the san diego pro wrestling academy running shows down there too so like every big municipality has something going on there um and palm springs could be a big jumping off point for fans that want more to really gravitate to something one of the things i think is really special about palm springs is that this is going to be a real testing ground for all of us because what you talk about is super true like in the bay area we have our pocket and then even fresno has its pocket vegas obviously does uh, Pacific Northwest has a pocket and we get to play in our own backyard and that's fun. And we're, the, you know, the hometown heroes or whatever, and, and we can do well there. This is going to be a chance for us to do something that for all of us is brand new. Every single one of us, none of us, to my knowledge, have ever worked in Palm Springs, largely because Palm Springs doesn't run wrestling. <laughs> um, and it certainly doesn't run queer wrestling. So this is going to be something where we get to see if the magic we create elsewhere is translatable to an audience in Palm Springs. And I'm not sure that there's a huge wrestling audience in Palm Springs. I don't know that. I haven't done that research. I'm <laughs> optimistic that we'll be a curiosity and bring people in, a spectacle, a theatrical event, if you will, and we can bring people in. But if we are able to collectively come together and bring the what makes us special in each of our own places. And we've got a lot of talent from coming in from LA. We've got a, a fair amount of talent. Well, I should say a fair amount from coming from LA, a significant amount coming from Northern California, quite a lot coming from Vegas and some surrounding areas. And then we'll be flying some people in. Uh, when does this broadcast? Uh, this is going to go up tomorrow. All right. I'm going to give you a scoop. I'm going to give you a okay. scoop. It hasn't been announced yet. Um, <laughs> I'm really, really excited that one of the final competitors who's going to be announced for the Pride of the Desert tournament is going to be coming to us all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. And Ooh. we will see, we will see if Ashton Starr is truly the star of the show. Oh my God. Of course. Of course. You have to bring the Atlanta representation back to this. I don't have to, to do anything thing. for Ashton Starr. We know my history with Ashton Starr. But, I know. I know. But, but I'm still. just like, you know what? That queen runs her mouth a lot. So let's see. If Ashton Starr can, she's the big diva in Atlanta. Let's mm -hmm. see if it holds up under some Southern California heat and if she truly can be the star <laughs> of the show and the pride of the desert. Many have made the folly of doubting Ashton Starr before. We will see. We will see what happens there. But no, that's exciting news, though. That's exciting. That's I'm, I always love seeing Ashton get back to the West Coast. Ashton is... You know, for all of the ups and downs, trials and tribulations of our relationship as they played out through big gay brunches and through social media, 
Um, Ashton is a pompous, arrogant asshole, but Ashton is also insanely talented. And Ashton is somebody who I feel it falls into a collection of individuals who unfortunately become, I don't want to say, I don't want to say overlooked, but I think that they don't get the true degree of shine that they deserve largely by association. Like when your best friend is the IWTV world heavyweight champion, you are in the shadow. When you are working alongside of some super skilled wrestlers who uh, an untrained eye or somebody who's looking to make stark generalizations might begin to compare you to, then you may not get to stand on your own two feet. And Ashton, without doubt, every time Ashton steps in a ring, he lives up to the expectations and exceeds. So I am tired of hearing him talk about how he's overlooked and underappreciated. So I put in a call against my better judgment, said, come to come to Palm Springs. And then it's on you, boo. It's on mm -hmm. you. You, if you can't do it, then please shut up. And God forbid, <laughs> if he actually does win, we will never probably hear the end of it. No, we won't. I can already so, say that now. We won't. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of West Coast stars who are gunning for Ashton Star, and they don't even know it yet because he hasn't even been announced. Good. That's that's a good point to gun for, though. Like someone of his caliber is definitely someone to try and live up, like rise up to those to those levels. Absolutely. Against. Yes. You know, and and I think that for a lot of people, Ashton would be this is a, a a crop of talent that there's so many young people who are one, two, maybe three years, five years in the industry. Ashton's been doing this for quite a while. And uh, aside from Beast the Butcher, there's nobody that I can think of in the roster of talent that's announced who's been wrestling longer. You know, Abigail comes from a great lineage of wrestlers. Her dad is. Um, a very well-known trainer with the ugly dojo. I know that the Abigail's wanting to be the pride of the desert because take it home to the ugly dojo. Um, there are Beast the Butcher, I think, is somebody who also has gone underappreciated over the his years of competition. Definitely a loose cannon. Very few people. We will be bringing in a special handler <laughs> to make sure that Beast the Butcher doesn't go completely off the rails. The Shade is a former Prince X of Pride champion for Full Queer, somebody who's held multiple titles throughout Vegas, another very highly anticipated wrestler. Um, people don't know this, but Fabuloso Fabricio, despite the fact that he is indeed one half of Money, Power, Respect, and has held every championship belt pretty much in Northern California in terms of tag titles, is also a very decorated singles wrestler before pairing up with Marco, mm -hmm. a multiple East Bay pro wrestling heavyweight champion, multiple times singles champion. So it'll be very interesting to see what fab does. I, I think that Llama Jack is uh, a wild card. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody knows Llama Jack. Um, you know what that, that character is capable of doing. I I'm fearful of putting, Llama Jack in a match against any women because he's prone to snatching ladies clothes off as he did with Jordan <laughs> blue. 
at yeah. Big Toko's, you know, kickback a couple years ago. So it, it's a very interesting pack of contenders. And then we've got so many young high flyers who have a lot to prove as well. So it's gonna it's gonna be a great crop of people. No, I I definitely agree. I'm I'm excited to see who else will round out this car, but so it's already solid as it is right now with what's been announced so far. Um I do want to ask you, um kind of jumping back into like promoter pollo mode for a bit, like what what lessons or differences have you seen like putting this show together versus what you did with wrestling for charity previously? Many, you know, this is entirely my doing. I, the moment this tournament or, or the moment this opportunity was presented to me, I knew I wanted to do a tournament. I knew I wanted there to be a reason like the, to pull people together you know, for what could be a one-off annual event like this, you have to give them motivation. And what would motivate these people to do, pull out all the stops, to go above and beyond? And what would make this particular event stand out in a crop of truly amazing LGBTQ-focused shows? And I think, I thought of things like the Cassandra Cup and how incredible the performances there were when there was something really riding on this. And while this isn't exactly a championship, it's also not exactly not a championship. And it's a championship that somebody is going to be able to carry for a year or more. I mean, ideally a year when we would do this again next year. But those were all things that came to mind. And it's a very different experience than having to go to a promoter and say, these are my ideas and come to a collaboration on it. This was my idea, you know, and it makes me feel very happy, very excited, very proud of what I believe will come to pass. And also extremely nervous because if this takes a shit, my name is on the marquee. You know, if this takes a mad shit, and, and Palm Springs Pride is like, boo, you whores, get out. Like, this is, it's Pollo Del Mar's name on that marquee. It's Pollo Del Mar presents the Pride of the Desert Tournament. Mm -hmm. It's not Effie's Binky Brunch. It's not Dark Sheik presents Hood Slam. It's Pollo Del Mar. And if, if at a minimum, this show doesn't live up to the hype in terms of its wrestling action, and if the, the audience interaction isn't positive it's going to fall on my shoulders there's no sharing the blame with a promoter or a wrestling company or there's no sharing the blame it's just me and that is exciting and just tremendously nerve-wracking mm. do you find that to be a motivator i work extremely well under pressure but this is a pressure that I had forgotten. You know, when I was doing those co-promotions eight years ago, seven years ago, even six years ago, um, I felt this pressure and I'd forgotten about it. You forget, you know, it's, it's the abusive relationship element of professional wrestling. You know, once you're out of it, you're like, <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. And then you're like, you're back in it and you're like, oh, this is what I didn't like about it. Um, you know, it's that cyclical feeling of excitement and enthusiasm 
and then like almost paralyzing fear because there's only so much any of us can control. And, you know, parts of this have fallen apart, like right in front of my eyes already. And we're still two weeks away from this event. You know, like uh, my original ring uh, fell through. My yeah. original, like the first, like two of the first five people I booked for the show fell through. Um, thank God I had already planned something probably too massive. And this is the universe saying like, uh, girl, maybe like pair it back a little bit, you know? You don't have to give away all the bells and whistles, all the tricks year one. Mm -hmm. Save something, you know, you don't have to sleep with them on the first date, honey. Save something, <laughs> leave something to the imagination. <laughs> don't worry, y'all. I'll probably still sleep with y'all on the first date. There you go. <laughs> November 4th, Palm Springs. That's our first date. <laughs> and trust me, if you don't leave me feeling satisfied, I will definitely have been fucked. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that to some degree based off just like running that Cascadia show last year, like things, things inevitably, at least one thing is going to fall apart. And it's usually multiple things are going to fall through and you're just going to have to like constantly be on top of stuff. And like, it is an anxiety inducing experience at times. And it is never like y'all, it's never something like, Oh y'all, we just couldn't get diet Coke for the people in the audience. It's always <laughs> like, oh my God, like your main event just completely fell through because somebody's flight didn't come in. Or, oh y'all, um, your whatever, the ring is about to collapse at any moment because there's a broken, you know, strut underneath it or something. Like it's the most like obnoxious, most catastrophic thing. And it's truly the way of professional wrestling. It's yeah. it really is the way. Yeah, every show has something. Every show has something. But I'm I'm glad that you seem to be in a good place of stability now with it. We're two weeks out from the show. It looks like it's shaping up to be really awesome. Um, I I have to ask, any chance of like video release for for the show? Like any plans for that at the moment? Or that is something that I haven't even contemplated. I see. And and I, I, I just don't think that we are there yet. I don't have, I don't have the personal connections that would have facilitated putting this available for download on IWTV or um, IndieWrestling.com or any of those websites. Um, my hope is that we will get maybe a lot of good footage from it so that people can at least experience secondhand the action and excitement that we have there. But in terms of broadcast or future download, I don't see that happening. This is going to hopefully lay the groundwork for a lot more things to come. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly can say that while I can't even fathom what Effie goes through the moment he announces shows, I will say that the last couple of weeks since we pushed the promotion of this into a little bit higher gear, I've been really excited to see the number of talents who are sliding into my DM saying, hey, like, you know, um, if I can't do this show, can you keep me in mind for the next one? And equally important, the number of talents who are affiliated and associated with this show who are so excited that they're telling their friends who are mm -hmm. also in the industry and in the business. And my hope is that should there be a Pride of the Desert 2024 that 
this is going to be something where people are knocking on my door saying, hey, last year was bomb. Like, I want to compete. I want I want to be in the running for this this tournament. And whoever wins is going to have a huge responsibility, in my opinion, to represent us for a full year, because what the person who walks out of this doing um, or what the person walks out of this as the, the winner does over the course of the coming months will dictate whether people in our business and those who are observing at a, a larger scale as an audience member, whether or not they perceive this as something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. And, and, you know, it's lofty goals to set, but you know, you aim big for these things. And, you know, I would think that by my touting and shouting from the rafters that I'm the QWI award-winning pro wrestling personality of the year has probably <laughs> struck intimidation in the hearts of many and aspirations in the hearts of even more who might want to step into that. You know, it's something mm -hmm. that has made it coveted because I covet it. I covet it. And if I want it, it's the nature of the beast. There are some dirty whores out there who will want to take away from you that which you love. <laughs> it's just the way that people are. So, um, you know, whoever walks out of this as a victor better do me proud. I have no <laughs> doubt, you know, I turn it over. They, they have to beat each other's ass and win. But I have no doubt that whatever happens on November 4th in Palm Springs is going to be the start of something very fun for a lot of people. And I hope that some of your listeners are those people and they're there to support us on our, our first outing. Likewise. I, I hope that as well. I'm excited to see whatever clips and, and bits come out of the show says I won't be able to be there myself in person, but um, dirty bitch. I, I, I do what I can to get around town. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Poyo, before we let you go, um, obviously there's some, been some big NWA news in in out there recently, and you know, knowing your work with the NWA, I can't let you go without asking you a bit about this. Obviously, there are uh, a couple of new TV deals that have been announced by the NWA, and most recently, it's it's come out that those are being linked to the CW. Um, so I'm curious to to ask you a bit about what your feelings are around NWA kind of getting some, some TV deals here now. Wow. It's, it's super exciting. Um, in terms of any of the networks that we've been linked to my official uh, comment on that is no comment. I cannot, I'm not at Liberty to discuss any of the details of where we will be popping up in 2024, but it is an incredibly exciting time. You know, I think that, for so many of us, NWA has been a tremendous opportunity. For me, it's been a tremendous opportunity to be seen by people outside our community. You know, and for us who are in the community, we of course love doing shows like the one we've just been talking about, which is for us, by us, in a, in a space that is ours. But it's so important as well to have that representation and visibility on larger platforms so that people who are young perhaps and watching and becoming wrestling fans through what they see on television are inspired and receive the message that, oh, these 
people I relate to this person and and if they can do it, I can do it. That's super important for the future. And the larger audience that you can pull in, always the better. So that makes me very personally excited about what's going on with NWA. And then most importantly, I think for those of us who've been with NWA for a while, and I've been on air with them for over a year now, about going on a year and a half. And those of us internally have been working so incredibly hard. And I cannot speak highly enough of the team of talented performers, wrestlers, personalities, broadcasters that I get to work with and I'm so pleased about that. I'm, it's such a pleasure to work with them. I'm excited for their success and my success. My success and their success come simultaneously. And I'm so excited that people are going to get to see those talents. And it's just, as a wrestling fan, a super exciting time because there will be more wrestling content for consumption. You know, it's. I think that it's been disclosed that there is likely an unscripted type of yeah, format, as well as our NWA Power. Until all of this happens, by the way, you can always catch NWA Power Tuesdays, 6.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel. And you'll see some of the incredible changes that have been made visually to that product, for which is preparing it, obviously, to, to potentially go somewhere else. And this is it, it's just a really great time. Uh, it's a great time to be with NWA and as a lifelong wrestling fan and a lifelong, equally importantly, NWA fan, I'm just thrilled to be part of a resurgence of NWA in a more accessible global fashion. Mm. And your point to, to representation, I think, is very keen, especially looking at someone like Max the Impaler, you know, the first non-binary wrestler to ever win an NWA championship with the women's TV title, just recently winning the the international princess title with Tokyo Joshi Pro, becoming the first like you know out trans mass non-binary person to win a belt in the history of Japanese pro wrestling. Like, it, Max Did you is see somebody somebody recently tweeted Max and was like, "Does this mean you're not non-binary anymore?" No, dipshit. Oh, it means yeah. that there are no non-binary titles out there. Exactly. The glory of being Max the Impaler is you get to destroy men and women yeah. and everyone else who stands between you and any title you might want. Um, and it just so happens that Max has competed against the men in NWA, competed mm -hmm. for the men's television title in a, an elimination tournament that happened uh, many months ago. And then turned around and competed for and won the women's world television title and taking it all over the world. So that's, that is very exciting. Max, by the way, Max is on the cover of the current NWA magazine, which is available at nationalwrestlingalliance.com. And inside that issue of the magazine, there's a full page that shows Max with her non-bear, oops, Max with their non-binary flag. Sorry, listeners, do not kill me. Um, shows Max in the non-binary flag um, representing and NWA celebrating them as the first non-binary person pretty much in any kind of broadcast wrestling product to win a major title. Yeah, it's a it's an astounding achievement. And, you know, Max is someone who a lot of people gravitate to as like a leader 
within this community as well. So that's just really and awesome. In an interesting way, because Max, uh, I'm, I'm debating on how much like kayfabe to break. Max is one of my favorite people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Max, uh, when not destroying Joshi's and decimating opponents in the ring, is somebody I love spending time with. And I think is a reluctant leader, does not want to lead in any verbal capacity, much more, much more comfortable leading by example, mm -hmm. by being authentic, by standing up for themselves, by pushing boundaries, and most importantly, by succeeding at pushing boundaries. And that that's a different kind of leader. And, and I love that. I love it, them. Yeah, it is. It is. And and I think that's one of the main reasons why so many people gravitate towards them in that way is that it is done by action. You know, they don't they don't need to say that they're doing something. They just go and do it. And yeah. <laughs> I think that action also becomes less polarizing than words. Because mm. people will we it's human nature. We have a tendency to nitpick and um and like go for syntax and all of these things like just tear people people's words apart and second guess them and and all of these things and action's a lot less easy to do that it's like well you know i am representing us and i am myself and i do stand up for my identity and i also somehow manage to get along with people it doesn't mean i like them means i can coexist with them mm -hmm. and you know not everybody has to to agree with my perspectives on life i managed to get along with a lot of people and i know that they don't see eye to eye with me but when people respect you and respect your behavior and your actions and see worth in you you can manage to get along with people that you don't even like at all it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think respect is the key word there. Respect is, is definitely the key word there. And if anybody has done more to command that out of people than Maxine Baylor um over the recent years, like I I I would hesitate to to see someone that has done more than that. It's just really awesome to see. Uh Polio. Thank you again for for coming back on the show um, and chatting a bit about this wonderful show that you have coming up on November 4th, Pride of the Desert, down in Palm Springs. Um, let everybody know where they can uh, grab tickets for the show and where they can find out more information and find you online. Absolutely. You know, the easiest way to find ticket information for Pride of the Desert tournament is just Google Oscars Palm Springs, and it'll pull up their website. There, yeah, I could give the whole long URL, but... It's so easy to, to just literally pull up Oscars, Palm Springs, click on tickets, and then you're going to find us on Saturday, November 4th, down there during the heart of their Pride, Pride celebration. Um, with me, you can follow me on most of my platforms at Pollo Del Mar Fans. Twitter's different. Twitter is different. It's the Glamazon PDM. I might have to give in and change that eventually just to, for, for simplicity's sake. Across the board, it'd be nice. Uh, TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, all Pollo Del Mar fans. And then there's Twitter, the Glamazon PDM. <laughs> well, Pollo, thank you again. 
Uh, I always appreciate being back with you. It's and God forbid if I would have gone on the tangent that I normally go on relating to Max because we could have been here for another hour. Um, <laughs> there, there's so many people. I I love to celebrate the people that I love, and that is something that that I hold really near and dear to me. I I will, I will gas my friends up. I will I will cheer for them. I will push them to be better, and I will celebrate their victories. So I appreciate you considering me a friend and allowing me to come here so that you can do that for me. Oh, of course, always. My thanks once again to Poyo for taking the time to come on the show and chat all about Pride in the Desert, as well as a little bit of NWA there at the end. Always a treat to have Poyo on the show and to chat as she gets ready to defend her two-time crown as QWI Personality of the Year. See if she can get year number three. I don't know. There's some strong contenders this year. We will see um, how that plays out because that ballot is getting put together as we speak. Um, but yeah, just really fun, really great to see, you know, queer identities in pro wrestling being put into a new environment, especially one during a Pride weekend down there where we can continue to build new fans of this wonderful, wonderful art that we know as pro wrestling. It's just really awesome to see. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to uh, touch on our Patreon, as we always do here on this show. Of course, you can always go over there and support the show uh, on patreon.com slash LGBTRingPod. You can join our roster of lovelies alongside names like Jerry Legend, Alex E., and Val Capone. Uh, we have monthly bonus shows that go up over there for people that subscribe at the $5 tier. Um, this month's episode of Required Reading, which is a, a fun show that I do with my very, very good friend Hollis, where we look at a wrestling match and a film in conversation with one another. Um, uh, this month, we are doing a, a really, really fun one because we are looking at uh, infamy in a way. <laughs> um, I can tell you this month's match, of course, is the uh, the Chamber of Horrors match from Halloween Havoc 1991. Uh, and in fitting... A very, very fitting pairing with that. Hollis has chosen to make us watch nothing but trouble. The the complete bomb of a film from Dan Aykroyd in his directorial debut, I believe from the same year, 1991. <laughs> so, ah, uh, Jesus Christ. Come with us on a journey where we delve into the idea of infamy. Um, in terms of required text that should be consumed by people, at least in our minds. This is not any kind of advocacy for saying that everyone should watch Nothing But Trouble. It is a terrible movie. Um, but come find out our entire opinions on it over on patreon.com slash LGBT ringpot. It's, oh God, what have I gotten myself into? Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week on the show. Come back next week. We'll, we'll be back to our regular Thursday time and, and day um, for the show's release. Um, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted, if at all possible. And here's to year five, y'all. Bye. She made a deal with the demon so her lover could live 